Hi, everyone. This is Joshua and Kat from the Kink Collective. Greetings. Welcome to our podcast that we're calling Master Joshua and the Kink Collective. Today, I'm going to ask Joshua some questions and you'll get an opportunity to learn a little bit about him. So good morning. Good morning. Afternoon. Afternoon. Or whatever time it is you listen to this. Good point. So who is Master Joshua? So Master Joshua is a professional dom uh, over 10 years doing this type of work. Uh, the work that I do is, uh, people come to me for guidance to understand self, uh, to understand how they can function optimally in society, uh, the being, being the best human that they can and to understanding their purpose in life. Like, why are they here? Um, I also help others understand their identity and through their mind, body, and spirit. It's, um, it's an incredible career path, profession, lifestyle that's fallen into my lap. Because the best thing about it is I get to trick people into being their best versions through the guise of kinky sex. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> so different than that, um, who is Joshua? So I was born in New York City. I'm sorry, not born. I grew up in New York City. I was born in Miami, but I feel like I was born in New York City. Um, I'm a father, a son, a brother. I'm a person of faith, learned faith. I wasn't indoctrinated. I learned learned my faith through experience. Uh, I, I identify as a leather sexual. And by that, what I mean is I'm drawn to people who have the same core principles as I do when it comes to sexual identity. But we'll get into that. Uh, I'm an existentialist. Like I believe, I, I like to th look at things from the big picture and try to figure out what it is that we're doing here. Like what what's our intention behind it? And I'm a human being. I think first and foremost, people forget that. You're right. They do. So tell us a little bit about the King Collective. What is the King Collective? Well, the King Collective started off as a leather family. Uh, it was a part of my life, a shift in my life where I had split with my partner and who we were hosting events, BDSM and kink events for a number of years. And I had to figure out what I wanted to take forward with me. So reflecting on what my contribution was, um, we started off as a leather family a tight-knit group which holds space for each other uh, without judgment, to exist without judgment, with a focus on our kink journeys as that was what the platform, the, the space that we met in, that was our common ground. So on the split, one of the most important things for me was equality, having a space where we can come into where we were respected and everyone had a voice and someone knew your name. It wasn't just a random type of journey that I was trying to create or event or space I was trying to recreate. The leather family were, is people who showed up and asked, how can I help? They were selfless. Uh, and again, biggest, the biggest thing is without judgment. 
So from there, we started to host events. And what we were hoping to do is set the example of what a safe space feels like and what the BDSM community can be. If we raise the threshold of what our behavior should be like, you know, we want to be the change we wanted to see. And with that, we validate and affirm others uh, by witnessing their own existence coupled with our willingness to help as well as us doing our best to walk the walk. Uh, we continue to grow. Uh, our education has had great impact on the local and national communities. Uh, our events are getting deeper into the community building aspect. And again, raising the bar for what the BDSM and leather journey can be. Thank you. So then what is people before kink? We call it a philosophy, but what does that mean? What is it in practice? So people before kink is the fundamental philosophy of the kink collective. It's what that was the formula that I felt I contributed previously. And I wanted to reshape it and refine it so that people felt as important as the other person next to them, that we all deserve to be in this space. You know, understanding that there's a, again, a threshold that you can't come and be an asshole, right? But there's, there's a people before kink. Um, You are who you are before what you're into. And the need to be affirmed and validated in our own existence is big. And with that philosophy, we move to, to make that the, to make that the bare minimum, right? That we're a person first before anything else. Awesome. So we talk about community. What is the kink community? People are looking for like-minded others. And what is the kink collective's place in this community? So I have two perspectives on community. Uh, It's great for validation and affirming our existence. And it helps us to know that we're not the only one. Uh, It's also very reassuring that we're not the only one suffering the way we're suffering and experiencing life like like others. The other side of it, though, is that it limits growth, uh, especially when they're governed by social markers. Uh, We lose the ability to see beyond our familiarities and the inability to change our positions based off of other facts or other opinions. It's like... uh, it can be very narrowing in perspective. Uh, now, when it comes to the like minds of connecting with others, like what does it mean to find like-minded others? People come to our events, the King Collective events, because they want to feel visible and included, right? They don't want to feel like they have to squeeze their way in. That it's just it's okay to be just the way you are. Uh, that you have again, and it comes back to a name for me because when I started going out to events, I would pay, I'd get in, and I was just there. When I started hosting events, is when I wanted to make sure I knew everyone's name who came to the door because it's a personal thing to to come out into this journey of understanding yourself. Our spaces foster connection through our own life journeys. Uh, and structure. The, the vast majority of 
what kink and BDSM events are, are play parties without structure to help people connect. But they're more places where people pay to get in and you're just there. It's like going to a club. I, I don't want to go to a nightclub to experience connection. I want to go into a place that is made for connection. Cool. So the PBK process boils down to uh, four things, really. Willingness, introspection, vulnerability, and self-actualization. So let's talk for a minute about how this looks for someone that wants to travel down this path. What is introspection? Introspection, by my definition, uh, when I think about it, it's the ability to contemplate within yourself uh, to determine what is your position, right? Your stance on something, your belief. So that's, that's work that you just do like with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You look inward and you ask, well, what do I believe? <laughs> Is this what I think about this? <laughs> okay. Well, that's fair. And do you write it down? I mean, what do people do when they do introspection? Well, what does that mean? I don't know. What I do is I have to find a way to integrate the, the, the knowledge or the awareness. So I can't just introspect <laughs> and just make a note of it. I'll, I have to integrate it into living like I believe it. Interesting. So then, so then what is vulnerability? Uh, vulnerability, some people look at it as a positive, others look at it as a, as a negative. And, you know, by definition, it's the openness of being exposed to harm. But for me, it's liberation, right? It's like if everyone knows all of my vulnerabilities, there's nothing you can surprise me with. I, I referenced the Eight Mile movie, as of late, when uh, Eminem, if you've never seen it, listen and check it out because it's a really cool movie. Um, the last battle that he did at the end where he just exposed all, him, all himself on that stage and the guy he was battling had nothing to come back on, right? So it's like if you can bare your chest within reason, right, it's... It's pretty, it's pretty liberating. What would you say to someone who says it's neither good nor bad, but just scary to be vulnerable? It should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. So then what is self-actualization? I think speaking one's truth as another bears witness, right? Because to self-actualize Someone has to witness the change, I think, because you can do it. But then did you really do it? Yeah, <laughs> I think you once said to me that it's like that you get to see yourself in the process of speaking about yourself to another person. Yeah, yeah. Something along those lines. It's like when you speak your truth, your position, your belief on something to someone, you have made it a fact or a true fact. <laughs> uh and you leave it up to you, your actions. Like now you have to be a person of your word because you're going to self-actualize your person of your word or you're not. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, I suppose if that's what you list as a truth is that you're someone who uh, walks the walk, then once you say it out loud, you better be prepared to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
So why then is willingness so important? Uh, willingness is the courage required to walk the walk, I think. Uh, the consent to do the work, right? Saying for to yourself, maybe to others as well, I'm going to show up and I'm going to perform. I'm here to do it, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think that this work is challenging and only having enough willingness to show up and do it will get you through it. <laughs> so then how do we apply what we learn here? Uh, I think this applies everywhere. And that's the that's what throws a lot of people off is not that it's only it's kink related. It's not it has nothing to do with kink. Kink is the byproduct of good communication. I think this applies everywhere all the time. Uh, integrity and kindness, right? <laughs> Easier said than done. Uh, to the best of our ability, understanding that we're human beings uh, with the least amount of suffering <laughs> and, and of self and self sacrifice, right? Um, the goal is to have as little to zero self-sacrifice in being a person of integrity, right? Same. All you have to do is the next right thing and tell the truth. But it's not that easy. So then it's the, the simple but not easy. We come back to that, yeah. right? Simple but not easy. Yeah, because how much do we sacrifice ourselves? And that suffers. That's suffering when we can't be 100% truthful and kind with ourselves and that's a journey I think most people are on in some degree or fashion to to learn how to be kind to themselves and kind to other people. 100%. Well, Master Joshua, thank you for answering some questions for us and the listeners today. <laughs> and stay tuned because this is not the last time you will hear from us. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.